0: This episode of our podcast is brought to you by Doolaban Insurance. If you live in Ontario, Canada, and are looking for the best price and coverage for your Tesla, give Doolaban a call at 1-855-385-4226 or visit their website at doolabaninsurancecom slash Tesla. Hello, everyone. Welcome again to the podcast. As you can tell, I'm here with Ian. It's my turn. Um, they were up uh, last week, but uh, hey, I had to come to Montreal because... Uh, we, did, we had some fun today. We'll talk about that a little bit later. It's pretty interesting. We were just chomping at the bit to talk about it, but uh, we have some Tesla news, so we will cover that first, and then we'll get into what the heck we were up to, and if you've been following us on Twitter, you probably know what it is, but uh, we'll get back to it later, and like last week, we said we had to do something next week, and uh, if we told you, we'd have to kill you, but we let you off the hook this one time, okay? All right, so we'll uh, talk about some Tesla news. First of all, firmware uh, 2019 283one is going out in wide release. Eric, why don't you tell us a little bit about some of the improvements that we're seeing in this new release?
1: Sure, so the first major update applies to only Model S and X vehicles uh, that have the Raven refresh, and those are ones that were uh, built off the line from April 25th of this year or later. Uh, so in that case, those vehicles have now adaptive suspension damping improvements, uh, which essentially improves the ride comfort uh, for both of those models. Uh, the standard and sport modes have an updated suspension damping algorithm, which will allow the vehicles to adapt at better speeds above 160 kilometers per hour or 100 miles per hour. Now, most drivers here in the United States wouldn't really gain to benefit from this. But if you live um, in some other countries, uh, like our friends will kind of suggest later on today, uh, if you live in Canada, there are some places where you can go and of 160 kilometers an hour. Um, little little uh, teaser right there. Then uh, there's a way to adjust that. Uh, on your vehicle, so that's pretty cool. Uh, the next thing is uh, you'll have a linking the You have the ability now to link a key to a driver profile, uh, which is kind of something that we talked about early back when there was a leak of some new information in the the help area of the vehicle. Uh, so now you can link a specific key to a driver profile to allow your car to automatically select the correct driver profile. <clears throat> Excuse me, when the linked key is detected next to the driver's door so there's a way to do that in settings uh, that's kind of a cool thing chess we've talked about it before some new games coming out in chess is finally as part of this update with the uh, 3.1 uh beach buggy racing 2 now has uh, more game controller support which allows you to set up two USB game controllers for two players, uh, and then also media volume improvements, uh, which allows you to make it easier to speak when dropping off or picking up passengers, as the music volume will be lowered when any door is opened. So it could be driver's side door, rear passenger, it doesn't matter. Additionally, while your phone is paired to Bluetooth media, the audio volume will match the vehicle's volume level regardless of your phone's volume settings which is uh, a nice little tweet there. So those are some of the new releases coming out, which um, leads us into version 10. Uh, So version 10 is going to be, this was something that Elon tweeted out earlier. And again, links to all the stuff uh, will be in the uh, notes for the podcast. But Elon tweeted out earlier this week that version 10 is currently in its early access phase, uh, wide release we thought before might be, uh, August or September. It looks like it's going to be four to eight weeks from now. So we're looking at either late October. I'm sorry, late September to late October for this release. As uh, Trevor loves to say, it's Elon time. So February, uh, right?
2: Yeah, that's
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> we'll that. Maybe. Um, but, but at least, at least it looks like it will be something that we're going to see closer to Q4 uh, for sure. Uh, and with that, there were some questions on full self-driving price increases. Originally, we knew that um, August 16th was the uh, cutoff date for um, the lower prices seen now for people like me who don't have FSD on their vehicles. Uh, that was supposed to go up from 3,000 U.S., to at least 4,000 US uh, starting on the 17th. That's actually been extended. Uh, Elon said in that tweet, they're actually gonna coincide the FSD price increase uh, with V10 going on wide release. So again, we're looking at several more weeks where you actually could get FSD at a lower cost uh, if you're interested in getting it. And it's also been said multiple times, if you do end up buying FSD, uh, you do get early access uh, to the uh, version 10 software update so if you're looking to get version 10 early and you're thinking about getting full sub driving if you go ahead and do that uh, soon you can actually then get uh, the software updated early
0: yeah version 10 um, i'm gonna say you know it's gonna be well obviously it's the next big release but it looks like it's getting to be a little bigger than we anticipated it's a little bit more um should also mention that yeah enhanced summit which is the one that's gonna find you in the parking lot type of thing that's being rolled into this so i think it's I think it's kind of tied what they're talking about with FSD. Um, it's like the first version, the first true new feature uh, yeah. that's going to re- require FSD on these cars. So, um, yeah. Um, just want to caution everyone, of course, uh, as with anything, if you remember when version 9 came out, lots of bugs at first. So expect to have some, hopefully not too big showstoppers, but uh, it's going to take several releases for some of this stuff to be... Uh, smoothed out and settled out and stuff so i know it's exciting to get a new software version just be prepared for the uh, you know the eventual bugs that uh, that are going to happen so looking forward to it gonna be some neat stuff
1: i'm fairly hopeful that this will be a little bit different than version 9 for a couple of reasons one we know that um they've been pushing the release date uh Quite often, uh, in terms of announcements we've heard on, on thanks to Elon's uh, Twitter feed, um, that's the first thing. The second thing is we know they're doing a lot of testing. we see a lot of videos of Smart Summon uh, in its early phasing of testing. And I think a lot of that feedback that came from those early adopters uh, has gone into this. I think they're, re- like, I and mean, we and you've mentioned it a number of times in the show, which is they want to make sure they get this right. They have to get, have right to get it a right. Uh, yeah. To me, first and foremost is safety for both um you know, pedestrians, for drivers, for other vehicles, and everything else. Um, so I think I think they're smart to sort of delay this, set the expectations to be a bit more realistic, if nothing else, for the sole purpose of getting this right, so that when it does uh, complete this early access phase as it is in now, and does go to a wide rollout in the next month to two months, uh, that by the time it goes out, it's it's good to go. Like it's basically signed off by Elon, and it's it's going to be ready for everyone to start using it. Of course, we'll see how people get accustomed to it, but I think I think at that point when they say it, it's going we're going to go wide, I think it's basically ready for showtime.
0: Yeah, it'll be that's interesting. Yeah, uh, just very quickly uh, because it hit the news again. CNET was talking about Tesla's FSD computer, so they're just kind of reiterating again that's twenty one fa- percent or twenty ti- twenty one times faster than the current Nvidia Drive PX two computer, which has been in all Teslas since. Uh, 2016 I'm talking about AP 2 hardware up until about March of this year when they started shipping uh, new cars with the FSD computer or what's known as hardware 3 so there's two chips on there. So there's a lot of redundancy, of course, and uh, lower cost again. So we kind of knew that. So, But if you're following along just now, maybe you don't really know what's going on, stuff that uh, Tesla's been able to reduce the cost. Again, Tesla, as they are known to do, uh, they tend to go quite vertical when it suits them on things. So they did it for seats. They did it for castings. They did it for FSD computer. I mean, there's a lot of stuff they do, do internally in order to get the cost down. So uh, just wanted to reiterate, if you bought a car since about March, Uh, You already have the new FSD computer. You don't have to do anything. Um, For those of you who bought FSD prior or afterwards and you have the older computers, you're entitled to an upgrade when that comes out, when it will happen. Elon has said not until later in the fourth quarter because I get that quick question on Twitter a lot, all the time. So again, later in the fourth quarter, could be sometime early in the spring, you know, typical Tesla. The reason they're not doing the upgrades right now is because the software has not been truly optimized for the new hardware. So why upgrade until they really absolutely need to? So once things kind of roll on a little bit later, and I think it's going to coincide with, you know, maybe some of the newer features being kind of feature complete, then they can actually turn it on we do know that um, i think it's stoplight detection and streetlight detection um, is currently running in shadow mode on the current cars so that data is being sent up to tesla for verification and stuff i noticed the other day when i was driving my um, my model x i was demonstrating it for, uh, to someone and i had a destination typed in it not only took the exit but actually came to a complete stop right at the streetlight so and I didn't do anything. It just literally did that. So this is the first time it's actually come to a complete stop, exactly like that. Now I don't know if that was the shadow mode thing that was actually doing anything or not. But, anyways, I'm just noticing little improvements like that. So, looking forward to it. But again, uh, full self-driving still a little ways away. Regulatory approval still needs to happen and stuff. But going to be a plethora of videos when this stuff comes out, especially with the hand summon, right? Because everybody's going to want to do the dog and pony trick in the in the uh, yeah, in the parking absolutely. lot, right? Little people. That'll be kind of fun. Uh, Let's talk about Gigafactory 3. So Gigafactory 3 in China uh, got a vital certificate from the Chinese government uh, for an inspection. So they passed with flying colors. It looks like they could start pilot production as early as September on, uh, on some of the Model 3s. There was actually a purported picture that was leaked. And I forget the Twitter... Uh, account. It might have been our friend Vincent, and I'm not 100% sure, but there was a picture that was purportedly leaked from inside the Gigafactory 3. It showed some Model 3 windshields in a holder. So chances are there are some parts already on site ready for pilot production to start. Now, pilot production means they build a few cars just to validate the internal equipment and testing. doesn't mean it's full-on production. You don't just flip a switch and start making 100,000 cars, right? We witnessed the Model 3 ramp up. It took quite a while. So Gigafactory 3 is going to take a little time to get ramped up, but um, if all goes well, uh, hopefully it should ramp up faster than what they expected in, in Fremont because they're kind of learning as they went in Fremont, now that they have the thing building, what is it now, 7,000 cars a week or something like that? Yeah. So hopefully they've taken everything they've learned from that and applied it to this and uh, kind of go um, going on with that. Um, speaking of Gigafactory 3, there was also some talk, and this is an article courtesy of our friends at Teslerati, it looks like Gigafactory Four, which will be the European factory right now, um, could be located somewhere in Lower Saxon, in Hamslund uh, or Emden. Um, Eric, do you have a little bit more? It's somewhere in Germany, right? Because there's—I uh, mean, Germany. there's a huge um, automotive industry in there. Of course, today the internet went crazy because uh, the CEO of, uh, of Volkswagen said that he was interested in potentially investing in Tesla. Doesn't mean that they're going to take a voting stake, but this thing just kind of blew up today, Eric.
1: Yeah, and Volkswagen quickly debunked that. They, they were very adamant on, on that. Yeah, we're not. We you.
0: cannot confirm, so deny that we are talking to Germany.
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, so, our friend Simon Alvarez at I put out the story earlier today where um, the economics minister Bernd Althusson. I believe I got that correctly, Awesome. uh, who who confirmed that the ministry had presented potential locations in Lower Saxony to Tesla executives, um, shared that there were two specific sites in Lower Saxony. One is Emden and one is Emsland uh, as potential sites for Gigafactory 4. Now, we know for a while there's been rumors of them trying to eventually get Gigafactory 4 uh, somewhere in Europe. So now we're looking at, um, you know, somewhere on the German-French border. Uh, is what they're thinking would make the most sense. And this is actually Elon Musk even said that. He said, perhaps on the German-French border makes sense near the Benelux countries. Um, So Lower Lower Saxony has reportedly expressed its interest as a target site for uh, Gigafactory 4. Um, So there's been kind of conversations back and forth in this. Nothing is obviously settled yet. Um, Tesla has released updates on Gigafactory 4's construction recently, uh, during the second quarter earnings call, Musk had noted uh, the location of the Euro Gigafactory will be finalized before the end of 2019. Uh, so to have this report coming up now is sort of suggesting that we're on a, a, a target uh, to do so. Um, and then the next 12 to 18 months in terms of plans, construction, and so forth will be interesting. So um, whether they get this built as quickly as the Gigafactory 3, obviously we'll see where that goes. I think Um Chinese construction is, is pretty quick at some of the stuff. I think we're a lot of us were pretty surprised how fast GF3 uh, is going to be coming online. Uh, but no, this is, this is definitely good, good uh, information coming out. And hopefully we'll see uh, by the time Model Y is in full production come 2021, that GF4 may be close to
0: becoming online. I don't know about you guys, but Germany just makes total sense for Tesla to build. I mean, there's a huge already an automotive infrastructure in the German. Yeah. I mean, the big three are there. Uh, yeah. it just makes total sense for them to do that. I mean, they got the engineering. Grohmann's already there.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, I'm sure the German government's going to give them lots of incentives. One would yeah. Is, yeah.
2: And uh, that's just, my number one favorite. reason How, how much pushback are they going to get from the big three, though? They're going to be mad. That's the thing, you know. Like, how much political sway do they hold? You know, that to me is a bit of a mystery in terms of uh, in terms of how much that influences. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, But certainly, that's got to be a factor, right? Mm. Well, moving on, a little bit sadder news. Looks like
0: Walmart has decided to try and sue Tesla over some solar panel fires. Uh, Apparently, uh, Walmart has some 240 installations with Tesla solar panels. It's important to note that this is the solar division of tesla formerly known as solar city so it's not mm-hmm. tesla the automotive company necessarily so don't try and get the two confused anyways um i got a link i'll put it into the uh, podcast uh, podcast or the video description but it comes from Broiders. anyways it looks like um it, it appears from reading some of the documents that it looks like uh, walmart might have been in breach of contract with tesla they've de-energized some of these things and uh, anyways make a long story short um yeah the thing is, with Walmart, you have to be careful because they have a long-standing history sometimes of being rather ruthless and sometimes some bully. And they're a little bit of a bully and stuff. So, uh, I don't know. We're, we're keeping an eye on this. I'm not too worried about this. Uh, it looks like Tesla worked really, really hard to try and settle with these guys, uh, to try and keep it out of the news in the sense from... Yeah, I mean, Walmart's a huge customer. You want to hold on to them. You want to bend over backwards and make them happy and stuff. But, obviously, Walmart doesn't seem to want anything to do with this, and they just want to smear them, I guess, at this point. I don't know what's going on. We'll keep an eye on this. But, um, anyways, uh, I don't know. Is this the new solar panel? There's not, not all the time. I'm, I'm going to say that these are existing contracts that were in place. It was probably solar City. So now it's a solar city
1: from uh, as far back as 2016. That's, uh, it, was, yeah. it was a, it was a two, Yeah. So, um, so these, these were stores, um, actually Walmart first became a customer of solar city as far back as 2010. And wow. between 2010 and 2016, uh, they had retrofitted 244 of uh, Walmart's store rooftops, um, with solar panels as part of that contract. Um, so there, the, the lawsuit stipulates and this is what Walmart is saying in the lawsuit uh, is accusing Solar City and again, this is part of what uh, the Tesla ownership group now runs of course Solar City used to be separate uh, of Solar City of having an ill-considered business model that required it to install solar panels haphazardly and as quickly as possible in order to turn a profit. And the contractors and subcontractors who performed the original installation work had not been properly hired trained and supervised so that's part of what walmart's claiming the lawsuit so we'll keep an eye on this to see if where things develop um but again this is actually dating back nine years ago uh so we'll, you know it's 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 quite a number of uh quite a number of stores that were affected here uh that they're trying to get uh to have tesla remove the solar panels from those 244 stores
0: hmm. mm-hmm.
1: And they turn it off. They're basically, they've no longer, they're not connected. So they're on the roof and all of them, but they're now de-energized. I see. So, yeah, not a good idea.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll keep an eye on that and see what develops out of that one. Um, Let's see here. Well, if you've been following, uh, you know, Norway is uh, pushing quite hard in the uh, battery electric vehicle market. I mean, Tesla's the number one seller over there. But uh, sales have dropped of diesel vehicles since 2013, 95%. It's off the charts. And um, you know what? I think more countries need to be more like uh, Norway and really show us some impetus on here in terms of incentivizing people properly and making some good decisions at the government level uh, to try and rid themselves of these vehicles, or at least ban them so that new sales of vehicles don't really happen. We're seeing more and more of this, like some European uh, cities, for example, are starting to ban or going to start banning um, gasoline and diesel vehicles from city centers and stuff because, you know, the congestion. Um, I was just talking to someone there the other day. I mean, if you go to China, man, is it ever bad in China? So it's starting there. And it's really starting to spread. So uh, good for Norway on this. Um, I would say probably in the next five years, it'll be 100%. It's gone. It's moving so fast. Well, the ban is 2025, right? So well, they're going to beat it, I think. Getting there.
1: Yeah. In summer 2013, uh, there were um, almost 14,000 diesel vehicles sold in Norway. Uh, That number is now around 5,000. Uh, as of last check, so it's it's been a considerable drop in the last six years. Um, the 95 percent number you, you uh, noted before was actually uh, some of Volvo's figures uh, that they've seen decreases as much as in 95 percent in sales. So, um, you know, this is again, um, for one, it's it's a good thing to see more vehicles that are diesel coming out of the uh, coming off the streets, uh, more going electric. But again, Norway, I think, is setting the pace that which other countries sort of followed. Um, because of how much they've revolutionized EV adoption. Uh, you know, granted, they're a smaller country in terms of population than, say, you know, the United States or Canada or what have you, but um, to see what they've done in such a short time frame is to be lauded and celebrated and appreciated for what they've done because it's, uh, it's, it's been a huge, huge boon, I think, to the European market uh, for that adoption rate they've had.
0: It's important to remember, too, that uh, the automotive sector <clears throat> for passenger cars gets all the attention but it's more than that buses uh, trucks yeah. and stuff like Ian and I we were at a test track today there yeah. are electric buses being tested oh yeah city buses oh yeah from some big names.
1: And, and even China tell is to get anything, into but... uh, some huge orders uh, to get their bus grid electrified. Exactly. Uh, so we saw,
0: we saw some pretty impressive stuff today. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's happening at multiple levels. So even though, like I said, the passenger cars get all the, the attention, it's happening Gosh. at multiple different levels. All right. Uh, moving on. Our good friend, uh, Sean. Over on his uh, YouTube channel there, All Things EV had a uh, great interview with Sandy Monroe. He actually traveled to Michigan and sat down with Sandy Monroe and uh, had a wonderful interview with him. And I encourage you to go and look at the video. I'll link it down in the bottom. But uh, basically, Sandy is basically coming out again and saying that despite Tesla's issues with uh, making bodies, which he feels that are still lacking in some ways and are a little bit over-designed, but... Essentially Tesla still has a 10 year lead over. Uh, US auto manufacturers as far as electrification is concerned. I've been long saying that it's 15 years but you know, who's counting numbers at this point but uh, yeah it's it's pretty incredible when you got like, a like guy like Sandy's been around for a long time he worked for Ford and GM and stuff so he knows this stuff as far as building cars are concerned but um, yeah, it's pretty interesting to see that uh, the automotive business is, is switching but it's like I don't know it's like pulling hen's teeth to try to get these other companies to come out and actually do anything. Um, it's one thing to announce vehicles, but uh, I mean, I mean, Chevy's had two electrified vehicles. They just canceled the Volt. They still have the Bolt, and no follow-up yet. It's already been what the Bolt's been out what three years now. You'd think that they would have a couple other models. Maybe they're just playing it safe and just saying, "Well, we'll just see how things going." Um, I don't know. What's the other car we saw? Uh, the E-tron? No, which is which is the one they're already discounting? You're talking about the uh, the pace yeah, the I-Pace. Yeah. Being discounted like crazy. Well, especially in the U.S. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Lackluster sales, incentivizing people. I don't know. I'm all for people getting, and more companies getting more cars. But when you got things like, um, you know, Jaguar taking the I-Pace and putting them over by superchargers. I mean, look, guys, you're preaching to the choir. You're not going to get a Tesla guy to buy one of those things. Oh, that's Audi that's doing it. Oh, that's Audi. Sorry. Yeah. I yeah. apologize. Yeah. Audi. So, yeah, they, they got some weird stuff going on as far as the marketing thing, uh, like I said, don't convert the people that already have electric, go, I mean, market them to your own customers. Exactly. You know, take them that's to the public one events, one. Um, you know, market to those people. You're not, you're not going to get a Tesla guy to switch to, you know, to an
2: iPacer, an eTron, or anything like that. That's just my opinion. I mean, I, I think the only one at this point that has a chance of stealing a few customers is the Taycan. I mean, what we've seen so far, that's a pretty impressive package. Um, I'm waiting for Alex Roy's review because he just said on Twitter
0: today that he had a chance to review it and he says it's a real Porsche. Uh, but the embargo lifts, what, September 4th? Correct. So at that point, we'll have, yeah. you know, well, he's
2: an expert, so we're waiting for to see what he has to yeah. say about but that. But I, I want to see somebody bring something to the table that can at least approach Tesla. You know, like the idea that it's it's an impossible goal is sad. I mean, we're never going to meet our, our, our greenhouse gas targets if no other car company can do this. It's going to take too long for Tesla to ramp. I want the other guys to succeed and bring something good to the table. You know,
0: If anything, the Taken will do is that if they advertise it, it'll get it more into the model minds of the people like yeah people that are buying teslas know already about tesla yeah. but the fact is the general public and we encounter it we just saw it today yeah. there's people that okay what's what's this all about you know you got three electric vehicles who is this company you know and the questions come out and that's largely because tesla doesn't do any traditional automotive marketing so the one thing that Taken's gonna do, of course, is is get it in the public mind for the you know, the muscle car guys that really like that type of thing, and for the traditional Porsche people that are looking for they want a Porsche experience. They want the Tesla DNA, so to speak, but more of a uh, you know, Porsche knows how to do things like bodies, and they know how to do suspension and sports cars and stuff. So, um, as good as the Model S is, I think the the is going to be a much better sports car than the Model S could ever imagine to be. Yeah. Well, until the Roadster comes out, but that's a different animal altogether. We'll you know, we'll have to wait and judge that car when it when it when it arrives. But no, I'm excited about the taken I yeah. mean, um, I think the pictures of the interior finally um, uh, came out today little too buttony for me, but it's showing that they're going in that direction with uh, you know more electronic controls and um, digital entertainment systems and stuff. I mean the industry's slowly going that way and stuff. So uh, yeah. Anyway, so
1: September fourth will be the big day for I, that to be able to see what's I going on. I want to quickly really just kind of add my two cents in this, and I don't Please want to do. take too long. But to me, and this this sort of goes back to the uh, the periscope I had a couple of days ago, which is by the
0: way, it, by the way. Uh, congratulations! That was totally yes, awesome. I watched it. Cool.
1: You need to do more of that stuff. Yeah. You're so you're so well spoken on that stuff. Kudos, oh, man. I, I appreciate that. I was certainly going to give some consideration uh, to do it some other time. I won't do it every week, but I think from time to time, as 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 the time warrants, I'll be glad to do that. Um, this sort of we've talked about this before, and you know we we are certainly advocates for the EV community as a whole. Um, we obviously know Tesla more than anything because each of us uh, have either been or are uh, existing Tesla owners. Um, some of us, of course, are going to get roadsters coming. I think between the three of us, there's two, and I know Ian and I don't have any. Uh, <laughs> Excellent math. welcome. <program. laughs> math uh, I remember a long time ago, a great joke is uh, there are three kinds of people in the world, those who can count and those who can't. So... <laughs> um, yeah, but no. When it comes to electric vehicles, I will never ever uh, judge someone who says, "You know what? I want to go electric, but I, I just I can't do Tesla." And that's fine. You know, you're going to have people who are loyal to BMW who want to get an i3. There are those who yeah. look at Porsche and go, "I'm going to get the," you know, as you say, the taken, which sounds like a, it's a Liam Neeson movie. Um, <laughs> you know, there there are. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, there's a number of different uh, manufacturers out there that are really now trying to enter the EV sector now if they're marketing it in the way and this is just again this is free advice for you guys who are in PR if you're marketing it as something Tesla blank the Tesla killer uh, you know anything like that you're doing yourself a disservice to me the the auto manufacturing industry would do itself a favor if rather than trying to, knock down another manufacturer it's say basically welcome them with open arms thank you for now being part of this movement because to me that's what we have to do Um, you know here in the us we basically have a political campaign running uh, in the democratic side a number of candidates have come forward with uh very uh large green policies that they want to get out there um a lot of it involves changing the way we are doing transportation with electric buses, high-speed rail, electric rail, uh, you know, EV investments, all sort of stuff. So it's good that people are looking at manufacturing to go, well, look, the market has a surplus of electric options, which is great. So if you're looking to go electric, or even if you're looking for a PHEV, a plug-in hybrid, um, it's a step forward. Anything you can do to get a strictly ICE vehicle off the road, is an advantage. It's a good thing for the environment. It's a good thing for the community. It's good for the air that we breathe. Um, but yeah, it's it's just it's disconcerting to see other advertisers trying to knock down someone else. As Sandy said, we're 10 years ahead of the curve from other US manufacturers, but we invite competition. We're, we're glad to see that. We're glad that there are other options for different markets, for different um, uh, pricing options, uh, for different mileage restrictions. I mean, there's all sorts of stuff. So ideally, it's all great. We will never on the show knock down another car. We might compare it to an existing vehicle just to give you an understanding of how one SUV compares to another, or one sedan compares to another. Uh, but we're never going to sit here and go, "Oh, the Hyundai this or the you know the Honda that or Toyota." Th-. No, it's we want we invite more EVs in the market. So this is good news coming forward, especially if you're someone who. You know has driven Porsches before and loves the performance of a Porsche or a Jaguar or whatever that's so that's that's what I wanted to add that to the conversation.
0: Awesome. Amen. Fine lab has aligned protective coatings that were engineered to protect your Tesla's paint, leather, carpet, plastic, and wheels effectively blocking all those UV rays and environmental factors before they ever get to ruin your brand new baby. FineLab offers a complete line of car care products and ceramic coatings for both the do-it-yourselfer and professional detailers. Did we mention we also have the world's first self-healing coating? Check us out at finelab.com, that's spelled F-E-Y-N-L-A-B, to see the science behind the self-healing. Check out our product catalog and click contact us for a free quote from a certified installer in your area. FineLab and Tesla, we were meant for each other. All right, well, uh, next article is not Tesla-related, but it is SpaceX. And because we're kind of related through Elon Musk, we thought we'd talk about it. Uh, Space.com is reporting that SpaceX's Starman, which is the little guy sitting in that roadster, that they launched on February 8, 2018. Was it 2018? Yeah, it was 2018 has made a full lap around the sun. So, uh, yeah. yeah, he's uh, he's still out there. Elon actually took to Twitter because somebody had asked him, well, is there any way that you can build a BFR or whatever to go and meet up with him? He says, yeah, it might be possible someday. So <laughs> I'm not making any comments about that. But uh, anyways, it just shows that, uh, you know, the thing is still floating out there and still will be for some time. Um, yeah, many, many millions of years, in fact. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. So, yeah, little road, uh, roadster is uh, still going around the sun. Anyhow, um, listen, we're not taking any viewer or listener questions tonight because uh, I want to pass the, uh, the, um, the plate over to Ian here to talk about um, something that he's been working on for some time now, and uh, he kindly invited me to come down and assist him today uh, to do some video and help him out with some with some testing, and so I came down. And, uh, Ian, why don't you tell the viewers and listeners. Now, you're going to hear it here first. We are producing a video to explain exactly what we did. Mm -hmm. But you're going to hear it here first on the podcast,
2: exactly what we've been up to. So, Ian, why don't you tell the listeners and viewers. Well, thank you. And and before I get into it, I want to uh, really throw out a gigantic... Thank you to our man here, Mr. Page, for coming down and helping me no with problem. this crazy enterprise because it was um, quite a bit of work. Um, we had a couple of um, really pe- great people who were generous with their time, and Trav above and beyond really, uh, really helped out, especially in documenting it. I mean, like, well, you've all seen Trevor's YouTube videos; they speak for themselves. Well, wait till don't you forget see what's to subscribe. subscribe, subscribe, subscribe <laughs> to the YouTube channel. You don't. You're dead to me. You're dead to everyone on this this (laughs) podcast if you don't subscribe to the YouTube channel. All right, whatever. Be that as it may. So, uh, yes, uh, anybody who's been listening to the hints, the Twitter, the buzz, all the nonsense we've been trying to create over this, the big story for me for the last year has been the development of our new line of EV wheels at Fast Wheels, which we call uh, Fast EV. I know. We're sort of taking a page from Elon on that, right? You know, if the car is a sedan, call it the Model S. S. Exactly. You know, (laughs) if it's a roadster, call it a roadster. So we call it Fast EV. So it's a lineup of three wheels, but really one of them is near and dear to my heart. That's the EV01. This is the wheel that you've been seeing Uh, pictures. We launched the prototype back in May and uh, we got the first production wheels uh, that had passed all of their uh, durability testing, um, radial fatigue and all these other physical tests. Uh, just a few weeks ago. So they arrived uh, about a week ago at our shop, and uh, we're thrilled with the finish quality and you know the structure of the wheel and everything else. It looked fantastic. Uh, the by fit, the way. yeah, is, is really good, you know, especially for very early production wheels. But um, the super critical thing, of course, is do they actually work? And yes. this was a giant unknown. Um, because we have zero um, experience in fluid dynamics. I mean, we're a wheel company. We have terrific uh, background with mechanical engineering and designing wheels that are strong and do the job and, you know, to a certain degree look cool, I'd like to think. But we really had no idea how to build an aero wheel. And really few people in the aftermarket do. It's just not something that's... It's, it's only starting with EVs now yeah. like your neighbor has a Kona. Yeah, and they have
0: like aero wheels on it too So
2: I actually I'm gonna give Hyundai a lot of credit. They have some of the coolest um, Designs out there. So when we set a benchmark, you know last year in terms of what we want the wheel to look like Hyundai was a good inspiration, you know I'd say we we borrowed a lot from Hyundai uh, and of course, you know Right now the the mark to beat is the original 18 inch Tesla aero wheel. Yeah So that's what we were out to get we thought can we offer something that's going to be sort of as efficient. You know, we were trying to get near it. We didn't think we could actually attain it, but if we could get close to the improvement that the aero wheel improves, but give something a different look. If, if you know, if you're not a big fan of the aero, or you just want to personalize your car, if you want to make it look different, but you don't want to lose that fantastic efficiency of the aero wheel, we wanted to offer you an alternative. That was really the goal of the EV01. So it was time to get out there and and check it out. So what we did is we rented um, a uh, seven kilometer long, that's four and something miles, test track at uh, the Transport Canada Research Center, up in Blaineville, which uh, it's a private company now that runs it called PMG, but it is still officially a, a government test facility, which does much more than than just, you know, uh, run cars around the track. There's crash testing there. Oh, they my. It was cold. amazing. We got a full tour of the lab. It was We couldn't take pictures, but yeah. we wanted to share them so bad with you because,
0: you know, when you see the videos on YouTube or on TV where they do the crash testing of the car slamming into the wall with yeah, yeah, the cameras, it. they have all that there. They have yeah. the dummies. They have... A barbecue thing, or they can turn yep. the car upside down. Yep. They have—I mean, you and name it, they have it. It was like, <gasps> oh yeah. yeah, pretty cool.
2: Oh yeah,
1: crash test dummies are people too, you know.
2: <laughs> they're very expensive. They're very expensive. Half a million yeah. they, to one million they, U.S. They can go up to a million dollars yeah. for those things. Yeah, we saw one taken apart. It was just like, whoa. Oh yeah, it's pretty. Warm. And they're smart. Yes. Yeah, they're brilliant. instrumented. They can yeah. have up to 140. Was it 140 channels? 140, 140, 140 channels worth 140. of data yeah. they can report. Yeah. It's yeah, crazy. crazy. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, for a while there, we were just, like, geeking out, going, oh, yeah, we came here to do some testing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So... We, we, we hit the track, and uh, without further ado, here's what happened. So what we wanted to do is try and uh, get the most responsive car for the testing, which I think would be the standard range Model 3, because it's the lightest, so anything you do to it, you know, it's going to be the most sensitive car. So my friend Michael Triffin was so very kind to lend Thank us you, Michael. his virtually brand new s uh, Apologies for the bugs on the front. Yes, it's now been painted like electric Kool-Aid bug <laughs> color. I'm going to have a lot of washing to do before oh. he gets home. <laughs> but uh, yes, so we had the SR Plus, which I was driving, and we tested it in all these different configurations. And meanwhile, um, Trevor was running about a half a lap behind me in Magneto, my Performance Model 3, using the same set of wheels and tires consistently over the course of the day. I was okay. the control car. Exactly. So I used the control car to see if there are any variations with temperature, wind, all these other factors. But... Already, what's nice about having a giant oval track where you're just doing laps is that any variation in wind is already canceled out. You just have to sort of factor in for humidity and temperature changes. So that's what we did. But right right away, as soon as we started running laps, I was amazed, amazed with the consistency. You know, like three or four laps in, you know, the the energy consumption graphs in the cars were stabilized and that's where they would sit. So our original goal was to run 60 kilometers or about 40 miles in each configuration. We quickly saw that after 20 kilometers or 12, 15 miles, you had stable data. So we ran 30. So 30 kilometers kilometers, or 18 miles on every set. And we started with the uh, factory aero wheel without covers and the number we got after running uh, the distance was 182 um, kilowatts. um, Watt hours per kilometer. I'm reading the wrong uh, thing here. Yeah. Yeah, so watt hours per kilometer, my apologies. So watt hours per kilometer, we got 182. Every test I should note was run at exactly a speed of 120 kilometers an hour, which is 75 miles an hour. And we also calibrated the speedometers in the two cars. So Magneto was actually running at a 122 indicated. According to the GPS numbers, that was exactly the same speed. So we had the cars synced in speed. We ran them half a lap apart so that we didn't have any turbulence. We wanted no aerodynamic interference from one car to the other. Same tire pressure? We ran not only the same tire pressure, we ran the same tires at the same tread depth wear. I've been driving right. like a maniac for the last three months on a at Michelin MXM 4s to wear them down to exactly the same height as what we had on the test car. So both the test car and Magneto wore the identical factory OEM um, Tesla tire so pressure. Uh, even pressures. the
0: HVAC system in the car was yeah. set
2: identical on both cars. Yeah.
0: Manual speed, right. AC on, certain temperature. Yeah, like we tried to remove
2: every variation Correct. other than the weight, the natural weight of the car. Yeah, uh, we didn't have any extraneous stuff in the car and stuff. So, but even the weight remained constant. Like we didn't add or subtract yeah. anything from the yeah. cars other than change the wheels. Try to make it as scientific as possible. right? Correct. Okay, so we got on run number one with the um, factory arrow wheels with no covers on, so naked, we got 182 um, watt hours per kilometer. Run number two, we put the arrow covers on and we dropped to 173. So that's about a 5% difference. Which I was really impressed with. I've only seen between three and a half and four and a half percent in you know some of the um, anecdotal videos. Well, I wouldn't call them anecdotal, but some of the road test videos that have been done, which were quite well done. A I lot of say. people
0: have done the testing, yeah. and that seems to be about
2: about 4, 4% right. Four percent seems 4%, to be the number. So yeah. we got five. But meanwhile, in Magneto, we were seeing a very slight drop in Magneto's consumption over the course of these runs, um, sort of within you know rounding error, we'll call it. But just to be, saying, just to be safe, we, we ran one last test at the end to be a control. So let's give the Tesla wheel the benefit of the doubt. And we'll say it got a full 5% benefit. We then bolted on the EV-01 with its arrow covers in place. Which are the inserts. We call them inserts. Inserts, exactly. The okay. inserts, they're, they're individual little pie plate inserts that screw in. Before it. you get
0: any further, let's yeah. just talk about the specs of the wheels. Because sure. people are asking all the time. The test, the standard aero wheel from Tesla, the 18-inch with the caps on is 23 pounds. 23.0 pounds, correct. Okay, no tire, just the rim, just the rim. Okay, the EV zero ones are 21.4 with the inserts. Correct. Okay, so we're about a
2: pound and a half lighter, Correct. just on that rim, so just so people know yeah. that's the difference between these two wheels. And every specification is identical. It is an 18 by 8.5 inch wide, it is a plus 40 offset, um, the center bore is 64.1 millimeters, so you don't need a ring, it, it basically snugs right up. We're going to make a special version, of course, for the performance car, because... Performance car? You think I wouldn't make one for my own? Mm. And uh, lastly, you can even pop in the original Tesla cap in the center. Yeah, as a little the bonus. The the same. Here. Yeah, the, the center cap placement will accept your factory Tesla cap. Okay, so what's the number? So without further ado, <laughs> this is the one we've been waiting
0: for because we were hoping yeah. not necessarily to beat yeah. Tesla's numbers, but we that wanted to get possible. Yeah, like we were just like, remember, these guys are not do, doing fluid oh, no, dynamics; no. they're not doing aerodynamics. They just want to see yeah. how close they can come. So exactly. Okay, what, what do we end up with? Ian?
2: 174. <laughs> 174. <laughs> we nailed it. Yeah, exactly. Tesla, exactly. Tesla Arrow 173. We got 174, and I'll do you one better. Just to really be sure we decided to go and bolt the Tesla arrows back on because we we were seeing these slight fluctuations in Magneto's numbers. So, uh, Pierre Champoux, who's one of the super kind guys. Thank you, Pierre. Who uh, came out to help us. He's uh, ex-director of operations there from many years ago. Um, Fantastic mechanical engineer said, you know what, to close out your testing, run the Tesla arrow again and see if you get a consistent number. So when we ran the Tesla arrow on the very last one, we got 174. We actually got the same number. Now, I don't want to claim that we match Tesla's numbers. That seems insane. I can't imagine what we did. But, 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 we also did a test of the EV01s and we took the inserts out. Yeah. What number did we get in? 180. So, yeah, we were actually. The a little inserts bit lower. work. Yeah. That's the bottom line. They work. There's no question about it. We have the data to support it now. We ran enough tests. I'm very confident in the numbers. So, I think. Both the Tesla Aero and R-Wheel are capable of giving you somewhere in the 4 to 5% boost in range. Yeah, absolutely. Um,
0: so kudos. So we want to give kudos to the Tesla engineers because yeah. they did phenomenal work. The Aero's and actually work. do work. Hell yeah. Because these guys built their own.
2: Yeah. And, uh,
0: and, and it works.
2: Yeah. <laughs> well, miraculously. <laughs> considering this was done by gut instinct, eye, and, and, and a lot of... Kinda, you you know what? Funny. Here's
0: my takeaway. I'm, and I'm sorry to interject here. Sure. But I have to say this. I know there's a love-hate relationship with the arrow wheels. I know a lot of people want the efficiency. They can't stand the hubcap situation. They pop them off. And you have perfectly nice... However, I feel a little mundane-looking aluminum alloy wheel underneath, and there's nothing wrong with that. But when Ian showed me the EV01 wheel, and even without the inserts, it looks so much better than the aero wheel. So my opinion is is that here you got a wheel that weighs less than the Tesla one, gives you the same efficiency, uh, and it's going to cost less, and it looks way better. So you get the best of everything, I think, for people that want efficiency, want a better looking wheel, and um, don't necessarily like the aero wheel, well, you've got this. Now, I mean, there's only one down part, and I know a lot of people are gonna complain about this. The EV zero ones, the inserts, take you a little bit more time to install because yeah. it's not a hubcap, right? But there are trade-offs and everything. But yeah. and um, I even posted some pictures, of course, because you you had two with the EV zero ones without the inserts, and they mm-hmm. and people love them. They they look great. So you can perfectly drive these cars without the inserts, and you still get excellent 180 watts. Yeah, uh, watt hours per it's kilometer, 75 miles
2: an hour. Yeah, yeah. I'll take that. That's awesome. Yeah. So so that's our story, man. Did it? Yeah. Nailed it. Yep. Yeah. Yep, yep. So yep, my super question happy. is could someone get them offset if they wanted? Uh offset? You mean like a different offset, like a different stance, Eric, you're talking about? Well, no. like if you wanted if you wanted larger wheels in the back than the front. Oh, oh to do a stagger. Staggered. Yeah, you know what? We've gotten a lot of really interesting questions mm-hmm. since we started chatting up about a week ago. That was one of the things that came out is people were like, can I do a stagger, or can you get them in a bigger size, like a you know something a little beefier to go racing? So, what around? are the sizes you're going to offer? Well, right now uh, we're going to build it for, all, for almost all of the popular um, plug-in hybrids and battery electric cars. So, 16 inch. We're going to do a 16 six and a half. A 17 six and a 17-7, a seven, an 18-8, eight, and the Tesla size, which is an 18 eight and a half. However, we will not, as of yet, do a Stagger, because Staggers, although we all love them, they look cool, um, they really sell in very low volume. You know, I have a hard time moving more than 100 pieces, maybe 200 pieces in any given size of Stagger, and to build tooling, and we would have to build a completely separate yeah. mold to do the wider rear, For a wheel, it's really its claim to fame is efficiency. I'm not sure if we're there yet, but I know the reaction is good. So guess what, folks? If you buy enough of them, I can convince the people with the checkbook to write me some money for some more molds and we can get you some stagger action going. I will tell you one thing, though. A lot of people have expressed interest in a larger size because a lot of people love the look of a 19 or a 20. So do I. But they want the aero efficiency in those sizes. And that's what I'm fighting hard for. So be- just before we go to a stagger, my first thing is let's try and get a 19 and a 20 going. Yeah. Maybe a little bit of Model S love in there as well in a Maybe. 20. So these these are all things we're, uh, we're working on. And I think it's important
0: before we forget, Ian, because you guys have built these a little heavier... Well, not heavier... You guys have built these. A little heavier duty. A little heavier duty for a yes. reason.
2: Yes. Why is that? Model Y. So Why? these will be available for the Model Y. Why, you ask? Why? Why? That was an Eric Camacho move, there. Yes, yes.
0: So they were, had a little bit of forethought. The new, new yes. model Y was Why coming. To do that.
2: <laughs> there you go. There you go. Go, man. Go, go. Yeah, I yeah. open the door. Yes, but exactly, we we don't know what the the final weight is going to be, the gross axle weight on the model Y. But you built some margin into it. We did. We we built it to 715 kg, which is about um, 85. Um, 85 kilos per corner over what you need on a Model 3. A Model 3, the heaviest version, only needs about 630 kilograms to pass all testing for load uh, on its heaviest axle version. But we we built another uh, 85 kg into it to make sure that we've got some room for Model Y.
0: So, even though we tested this on the Model 3, <clears throat> these wheels are not just for Model 3. They're nope. going to make them for a whole bunch of different EVs yep. with the same style. So, exactly. if you don't have a Tesla, you're listening to the podcast and you think, oh, these guys should just talk to. No, no, it's going to be for a bunch of cars. We love all EVs. They, they, have, they have a couple other designs. I'm not talking about it quite yet, but they have a couple other designs
2: they're working on. What's availability in? Because people are going to ask. Well, right now we're hoping the first batch of the eighteen eight and a half for Tesla should land sometime in late October. Mm-hmm. Uh, at this stage, I am fearful we are going to sell out of them. I think there's only about four hundred pieces that are going to land in the first batch. That's oh, the hundred cars. Yeah. So, if you're interested in these, please get a hold of one of our retailers. I mean, Trev, I'm sure you can put the link in yep. for our our dealer finder. Um, and uh, good news for all of you, uh, all of our friends in the U.S. We are working on uh, a U.S. distributor. I should have official news of that sometime in the next week. I will publicize that on uh, Twitter as soon as I uh, I can. And, well, don't forget to put it on the forum too. Yeah, a lot oh, of, of course it'll it go too. on the forum. So yeah. yeah, Tesla owners online for all of you people that are subscribed. And if you're not on Tesla, if you're not a member, membership is free by the way. Exactly. It doesn't, you it doesn't exactly. Why? What? So. It's well, it's it's free. 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 Don't say there's no such thing as a free lunch. Where can I go buy it? <laughs> there we go so, so, uh, so yeah so in the US we're hoping to be able to, to ship directly out of the US at some point in uh, the near future yeah. it's not like plan. you can't buy out of Canada you, you, can. The, you can it, it's just the shipping issues and exactly you know, it's, shipping it's just a little longer you know yeah. it's a little more complicated and we're, we're just trying to smooth it out for all of our friends in the US road trip, road trip. well yeah Exactly. Go. I got that today it's like hey why don't we drive up to Canada why don't you drive up to Canada because if, if I go to your shop could you just put the tires on the wheels I mean you can do that there right well, one of our dealers can. Yes, mm-hmm. we we would go. not uh, we would not do that. But we have I don't know They have a whole dealer dealers. network. Yeah. Remember, these guys most are manufacturers,
1: girls. right? They're not. They
0: don't sell. Correct. They're manufacturers. Correct. So you have to go to a you know a, a dealer you, that's you on their website. You have friends in high places.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> but all in all, epic day.
2: Yeah. And we went and celebrated. We had a nice dinner. Well, we we forgot <laughs> the most fun we had. Yeah. Oh. When all yes. the craziness was over, I thought, you know what? Let's now take the EV zero ones and bolt them on Magneto. And under the flimsiest of engineering excuses, I thought, we want to make sure that the inserts don't come off at high speed, right, (laughs) And what better way to do that? Than to take it out on the track and let it rip. So for (laughs) the first time since I've owned this car, we uncorked it and oh my god if you watch the twitter yeah. live stream that i
0: did yeah there's some cursing involved because yeah. he scared the crap out of me yeah we had some fun we hit 260 kilometers per hour which is a yeah. 161.557 miles per hour on yeah. this track
2: yeah oh yeah
0: that's and that's you know the what
2: we were like heading into the corner they have these best the turns thing. yeah you can actually run Hands off the steering wheel. At Which close, is really cool. Close to 180 miles an hour with the car just inches from the, the guardrail. No because hands. It, it's, it's almost curves curved. all by itself. Yeah, it's, it's not- like. It's like old school autopilot. You well, know. that's it. It's, it's Isaac Newton's driving at that point. Just let her ride up the bank. And I, mm-hmm. I couldn't quite do that. I don't know if you can make it out in the video, but in one of the banks, I was like I could feel it away. It was, yeah, and it was feeling, a little squirrely. There. It was getting a little squirrely, and all of a sudden, poop, boop, 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 we lost the oh, traction control. Oh, yeah, the car started flipping it. out. The car was like, what are you up to? I don't want to know about <laughs> this. I'm out. I will say this,
1: though. I, I had a chance to watch some of the <laughs> videos on Periscope, and, and watching it from here, I was selling this to Ian before we started taping, but like... You could sort of feel the tension and the anxiety in the vehicle, especially when Trevor's like, oh, shit, no. Um, <laughs> the, but as great as it was on Periscope, I cannot wait to see this in high definition.
0: I'm going to try and pull it down, and I'll uh, hopefully be able to re-upload it and put it uniquely on the YouTube. You know what? In, in hindsight, I should have live-streamed it on, on the YouTube channel. The quality would have been better, but I'll, I'll do my best. To actually put it up on the YouTube uh, channel so everybody can really enjoy just, it. Just, just, now, I, did, I actually, actually I did capture it on my SLR, but uh, it's probably going to be really bumpy.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah, you were... <laughs> yeah the camera was just kind of doing this all over the place. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know what? Two hundred fifty kilometers per hour in a straight line is not scary. It's when you when you're coming up real close to those banks. It's like, oh,
1: I don't yeah. want to die. <laughs> yeah, and your head was what a foot or something from the guardrail. <laughs> oh my, my gosh! God. But remember, with, with these, I mean, here's here's the intriguing thing. If you were in any other standard vehicle, and I say standard as in basically not a Tesla, um, you could sort of have that concern. But I mean, those cars grip. I mean, especially when you have a, a P3. Come on, man. Yeah, it did grip. I'll tell you what, Ian. If I go up there next time, and you got something you want to test out, then you know what? Damn it, let's let's turn that corner and see what happens.
0: Done. And we achieve, don't forget we achieved these speeds at uh, what was it fifty two
2: percent SOC. Yes. I want to say that was yeah. one of the most amazing things was I was um, when I originally planned out the day I knew we would have enough time to get a run in, but I was worried that we wouldn't have enough charge and they only have level two chargers uh, at at P and not
0: conveniently available either. No, so it would have been they, were, a lot they, of they would have been inside
2: around. the shop yeah. or something. so the, we would have we would have timed out. I only had the track for five hours and I, I think we would have timed out if we had to run into town and find a chatam or something. So we, uh, we held off on using my car on one of the last two runs when we were just back-to-back <laughs> testing the, the SR, and we left it at 50% state of charge. I thought, okay, well, it'll do what it'll do. Let's just go have some fun with it. And I mean, hell yeah, it pulled right up, was way over 250 on the first run. And then when we came out of the second bank and we dropped the hammer, it pulled right up to two. We just pulled 260 before we're going. It could have have kept going, and I'm sure we could have gotten even more. Well, 262 262 is 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 the limit, right? Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. and I didn't want to take you into the corner 262 because I I thought your your head was going to explode. Oh my gosh. We we, we let her go to there and took it back.
0: We did, what, a lap and a half, and we burned over 10%. Yeah. <laughs> just, well,
1: yeah.
2: And the energy graph was just, like, flat red. Maybe the energy when was guys, fire.
1: <laughs> yeah. When you guys were uh, at the start of the video before the drive even commenced, you were saying our SOC is at 52%. You weren't sure. I didn't even think you were going to hit 161
2: miles an hour. We didn't think car. so either. No. No, it so did But the car did. That's all the more yeah. impressive. And it did it. I mean, I got to go back and look at the video. But based on how fast it was dropping, I think we hit one sixty-one miles an hour at around forty-five SOC. Couldn't have been more than that. Wow! So how cool is that that the car will pull top speed at, in the forties? Yeah, know, it's my, truly my impressive. My guess
1: is, my guess is probably when you hit twenty percent, that's when you're really going to see some conservative figures.
2: Yeah, but, somewhere but I, in the thirties or twenties. Yeah.
1: Yeah, but I think if you're if you're if you're you am know, thinking we've now shown if you're in the forties and fifties, that thing's still going to pump out. It's a yeah. whiplash on you. Yep. All in all, pretty epic day. We had day. a
0: heck of a lot of fun. Huh? Uh, yeah, I can't wait to start putting the footage together because it's
2: going to be... Uh, it's going to be a good video. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. we got to do Why that more often. I uh, can't wait to see it.
0: <laughs> well, I'm sure a lot of the viewers will love to as well. But I, I promise I'll do my best to get it out uh, as soon as I can this week because, uh, well... This week. Well, what's today? Thursday. It's Thursday. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll edit it sometime on the weekend. So sometime, hopefully, early
2: by by mid next week. It'll, it'll be, out be out
1: by the time V 10s out.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's probably a fair assessment. No, I think Trevor Time is still a little better than Elon. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a pretty good – yeah, I'm pretty good. At I will say that, though,
1: Ian's, Ian's smile and the photographs uh, and the stills that yeah. were shown this week, uh, you could use the adage, a kid in a candy store, and I think that's actually still being disingenuous. <laughs> I, I, I think Ian, Ian was, like, high as, as a kite.
0: Yeah. We, we had radios and we were yeah. talking to each other. Yeah. And there, you know, when Ian was doing the run with the Evo ones, um, you know, he, he came past the uh, our base camp as we called it,
2: and he's like, "I'm freaking out right now, <laughs> right?" Because yeah, well, I'll, I don't know. I'm gonna wait to see how Trevor cuts it because you're gonna see me talking in the car during yeah. the EV01 run. And for the first few minutes, you're gonna notice I'm silent. I'm horrified because the car had been parked for about 20 minutes. Uh, while we were doing the wheel swap and the interior got really, really warm. Mm-hmm. So on the first couple of laps, when I'm watching the the energy consumption, it's through the roof because the AC is pumping yeah. to try and get the temperature down. And I'm thinking, Oh, oh, no, oh no, oh no, oh no Oh my no. god, <laughs> oh my god, this can't be. It can't be. We're worse. We're worse than the naked Tesla wheel? Yeah. I like it couldn't be. And then after about three laps. It rocketed down, and then it wow. just stayed there for the rest of the whole run. And I did a good, solid uh, 30, 40 kilometers on that I'm run. I'm freaking wanted to be sure. out right now. Yeah. <laughs> the yeah, numbers yeah. when it when it, it hit was 170 awesome. was that covering between 173, 174. I was like, yeah. Uh, I mean, I had not, the I'm not biggest in a smile when he
0: stopped
1: yeah. and got out of yeah. the car, and yeah. I just went, yeah, that was awesome. You know, uh, you know the Canadian group Broken Lizard, Broken Lizard uh, yeah. that put, put out the movie uh, um, Super Troopers.
2: Yes. Oh,
1: yeah, 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 sure. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I'm I'm trying to tune you together. Anyway, there was a scene early on in the film where one of the guys um, basically eats a a bag of marijuana, and the cop comes over and is like, I'm freaking out, man. That's (laughs) what I was thinking now when Ian's like driving the car going, I'm freaking out, man. That's
2: exactly how it felt. Well, Ian's a happy camper, big time, because we have the numbers. So yeah, that was uh, a year of not sleeping, man. Mm I'm wondering if this thing was going to. I don't think he got any sleep
0: last night. Actually, matter of fact, over the last few days, I don't think you've been wired for sound. I have no idea what I'm running on right now. I've not a clue. But (laughs) it's not sleep, and you got to
2: go to work tomorrow. Oh God, I know.
0: Well, I think that brings us to the end of the show. Any closing uh, thoughts you want to? I mean, Ian, since you're here, let's give you the opportunity to uh, tell people what you want to tell people.
2: Okay. Well, the usual shtick. If you're looking for me on Twitter, the handle is at Ian Pavelko. Uh, Tesla Owners Online Forum, you can find me. Uh, Matt Hungarian is the handle over there. And finally, if you're looking for some Tesla wear for your bod, or some socks, or mugs, or anything, uh, you can go to teespring.com, look up Evolve Wear, Matt Hungarian's Evolve Wear, and you will find all sorts of things, including the new Model Y shirt which uh yes i'm not, we're not sporting tonight. we're not no none of us are sporting i don't even have one yet but i promise to get one but if you go on there you can you can check it out
0: how about you eric where can people have a chat with you if they'd like to
1: you guys can follow me on twitter the handle is ec fix that is ecfix. my thanks to all the new followers those who've uh, retweeted the video from this week on tuesday um uh if you've subscribed and followed since then on periscope or on twitter My thanks to all of you. And, of course, uh, thanks to all of the uh, new subscribers to our YouTube channel. Uh, You can always just go to YouTube.com, search for uh, Tesla Owners Online, and then click on the subscribe button. Uh, That way you know when new videos like this podcast drop and you can see all the antics uh, that happened this week with the uh, the Fast Wheels EV team.
0: Awesome. Well, you can follow me. The uh, handle on Twitter is Model3 Owners. I encourage you to follow me because you can look through my Twitter feed this week or actually over the last day. And you can see all the shenanigans that we're up to today. And you lots follow along. Yeah, lots of nonsense. We had too much fun. And uh, my handle on the forum at Tesla Owners Online is Trev P. So make sure you follow me there. Just want to say a big thank you to all of our sponsors. That's the guys at Evanex uh, Fine Lab Ceramic Coatings and our great friends at Doolaban Insurance. If you want some Tesla owners or some Tesla insurance here in Ontario, thanks to all those guys so that's it for this uh, week and we will catch you on the next one thanks for listening no matter where you happen to be see you guys good night
2: salut tout le monde
1: au revoir